I'm dumb. I know nothing about real estate. And this is Ryan Pineda. He's a multimillionaire real estate investor and he's gonna teach me step by step how he went from being broke to running a multi-million dollar business in very short period of time. I'm Ryan Pineda. I'm a multimillionaire real estate investor and today we are talking real estate. Yes. So tell me, um, I don't know anything about real estate. I'm yeah. from another country. Teach me how to do it from start to finish, how I can make money through real estate. Oh man, dude, <laughs> that's a that's a broad question. There's lots of ways to make money in real estate. You could be a realtor and you know help people buy and sell houses. That's how a lot of people start. You could be an investor and that's what I do. So if you're an investor, there's many ways to make money. You could flip houses, you know, buy it, fix it up, resell it. Okay. You could have rental properties. You know, I buy a house, I find a tenant, rent it out to them, make money. Um, or I could do what's called wholesaling, which is really cool, where you kind of flip houses, but you don't have to buy them. Instead of having to buy it and fix it up, all you do is get a good house under contract for a good price, and then you sell the contract to somebody else who will buy the house. Explain me again the last part. Yep, so uh, the best way to explain it is I find a really good deal, right? And let's say it's a house that's $300,000, it's worth 400,000, right? And I go, hey, Phidias, um, will you buy this house for $320,000? And you say, yeah, that's a good deal. It's, it's worth 400. And so instead of me buying it to sell it to you, I just sell you my contract to buy the house. So I sell you the contract for $20,000, because that's the difference between what you'll pay, okay. what I have it under. And then you get paid, or I get paid the 20000 and you get the house for three twenty. Do you need a license or something to do this thing? No. No? No. So, But for the realtor, you need a, a license. Yep. Realtors need license. And any... For example, I can't do it, but I'm a foreigner. I have a talent visa here or anybody. You have to be a United States citizen to um, do it. I know that there are foreigners who have, they pay tax and all that. So as long as you're paying taxes, I'm sure you can do it. Okay. So this is how you started uh, your career? I, I actually started as a realtor in 2010. I started as a realtor. Then yeah. I went to flipping houses. So you started as a realtor. How old you were? 21. 21. Yeah. And this is how you built it, all these communication skills and all this stuff through the real estate career? No. No? No, I actually was a very bad realtor. Uh, I wasn't good at it. I didn't like it. And I started getting into side hustles, right? So one of the big side hustles I got into was flipping couches. Okay. So I would buy these couches on Craigslist, fix them up, clean them, then resell them. And so I think I got good at communicating by negotiating so many deals. About the couches, yeah. not about the... So you didn't make a, in a, a lot of money by being a realtor. No, I didn't. I sucked. Uh, so you pivoted and you started something else. And then how, how uh, tell me a bit your story, how with real estate, how it evolved. And yep. when you got back, because you said you sucked and you did another thing. Yeah, like, yep. So in 2010, I became a realtor. Um, I was also playing baseball too. So I played pro baseball. So I was being a realtor, playing baseball. Baseball was my focus. I didn't really care about being a realtor, but I'd sell a house here or there, but it wasn't a lot of money. So after a couple of years- Where did you, what state? 
in Vegas. In Vegas. You yep. started in Vegas. Yep, Nevada. So I ended up uh, quitting after a couple of years. And I started doing side hustles. So uh, like I said, the couch flipping because was- Because it was not enough money. You didn't like it. Both. And, okay. Both. I just, I didn't like- taking clients to houses and stuff. So this is uh, how it's happening. Like you you find people, how you find the people to take them to houses, like how you find them. That's the hard part. I wasn't good at it because you have to do really good marketing, you know? And how, how people do general marketing on that when they're real? Well, when I started in 2010, there wasn't like social media like it is today, right? I was running newspaper ads. Okay. I was posting stuff on Craigslist. Like that was the only way I knew how. But today, you know, social media would be the biggest way. Like explain me if you are now starting out as a realtor, what you are going to be doing. Okay. So if I was a realtor, I would create content around, you know, the houses I want to sell. So I would tour the houses. I would make videos. Like Enes Yilvarez. Just like Enes. Yep. Enes is a good friend of mine. So I would tour the houses. I would do videos talking about the market. I would do videos talking about how to buy a house, how to get a loan, and educate my audience on how to do it so they use me as a realtor. Let me push back a bit uh, on that because I was interviewing Graham uh, for the previous podcast, and he said that he didn't make any deal through YouTube, and he was a realtor and doing YouTube, and like all the deals were shit, and all the deals were like... Uh, maybe he didn't know how to do it the right way, but like, what do you think about his experience that he, he is a huge YouTuber yeah. and he, well, but he Graham, said that you cannot, uh, he got a lot better deals in other ways than to Yeah, YouTube. because Graham's YouTube channel isn't around being a realtor. It's about saving money and he doesn't ever promote being a realtor. So I, I'm saying you would be like Ennis where it's like, hey, this is a house. This is all I do. I'm a realtor. I want to help you, you know, come work for me or not work for me, but let me work for you. That's Enes when he does it. Uh, by the way, Enes is a YouTuber that just uh, tours houses and he yep. makes uh, like these man mansions and like tour yep. houses. So does Enes make, how he makes his money by selling houses, by renting them or just YouTube? Just, just YouTube. Enes doesn't even, he's not even a realtor anymore. Okay. Yeah. So maybe YouTube is a better business. <laughs> YouTube is a better business. <laughs> if you're good. But, you know, you know Ryan Serhant? Uh, yes. Yep. So, I mean, he makes, he's a YouTuber, but he makes his money being a realtor. His YouTube is perfect. It shows that, hey, I got this listing. I'm really good as a realtor. Hire me. And so people do. Okay, so it's it's important to establish not a brand about like whatever YouTuber like me doing stupid videos. Is it important to establish a brand about real real estate? And yeah, like, being a realtor. So you cannot do like whatever social media brand and try to sell. You can't be uh, doing pranks and challenges and then try to sell. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to work. It's important. And that's one thing that the people should think about, like what their end goal on YouTube is and what they want to do long term for them to start doing content around that and not something else just to get views. Yes. Which is you need the right people watching if you're in business. So like I don't have as many subscribers as you or Graham, but the people who watch me will give me more money than you or Graham. Yes. 
And that's, uh, that's interesting. I want to ask you a question about that because, for example, I did merch and I sold like only 15 t-shirts and I have like uh, almost uh, a lot of subscribers. So, yeah. so that I wanted to get into all this stuff later, like how you convert and like, you're describing that you make a lot of your money through social media in indirect yeah. ways and all this stuff, which is really interesting to me. But uh, let's... I have, so you stopped being a realtor because you didn't like like the concept and you didn't make enough money, but now you are back in real estate as an investor. Can you explain me? That's a whole different concept. And like, Yep, yep. So in 2015, I started flipping houses. So I didn't have a lot of money. Um, you know, I'd saved up some money from the side hustles and everything, but I still needed more money to go flip. So I ended up maxing out my credit cards to buy my first house flip. How does that look, maxing out the credit card? So, you know, you have a credit card, right? Uh, yes, I'm not very familiar with all this credit card stuff. Okay, so... I'm 22 just started. You're only 22? <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, basically, I applied for a lot of credit cards, right? Because I didn't have money. And they gave me about $50,000 worth of credit. Okay. And so, I said, okay, I want it all. Okay, so you applied for a lot of credit. It's not only one credit card that gave you. I had multiple you. credit cards, yeah. Okay, so all together they gave you 50000 Yeah. Interesting. Me and my wife together. We oh. both applied. Okay, interesting. <laughs> yep, so I ended up getting these credit cards. I, I maxed them out, meaning I take all the $50,000. And then I use that money as a down payment to buy my first flip, you know. And I got another loan with the house and... Thankfully, you know, we we fixed it up. We, How much was the the first house I bought was like a hundred and thirty five thousand, okay. and then the second one I bought was like ninety seven thousand. But uh, because you had all all this uh, realtor experience, you understood what is a good value. You understood what is a good house. Yes, and that's why you went all in with all your yeah. I, I understood what I was doing. So, yeah, and how, how it evolved through that? You got your first one? Yep, that first flip made $25,000. So, oh, you flipped it immediately? Well, I mean, I fixed it up, and a few months later, we flipped it. Okay. Yep. How much you made? 25000 Okay. Yep. And then, you know, that year, I bought five houses, okay? The second year, I evolved, I bought 20. Then- What? How many houses you bought? 20. The first year, how many? Five. Five. Yep. So with that 25,000, you did the same thing again for other houses. Yes. And you max your credit cards again. Yes. And then they gave you more, right? Because well, I, and I took all my profit and I kept putting them into more houses. Okay. So I went five. You and know, at that time, you were saving money and like you were- Yeah, I like, wasn't spending anything. So you were very very frugal, careful. About careful. I money. just took every dollar I did, made. Did you have a kid back then? No, no, just just married. Okay. We were young. I was 25. My wife was 22. How long? How when did you get married? At what age? I uh, when I was 24. Okay. I've been married nine years. Interesting. So More questions about that later because <laughs> I'm curious if you can have a healthy marriage with this. Yeah, that's what the wealthy way is about. For, yeah, just trying to have uh, more balance in business. So yeah, I ended up taking the five that I flipped, took all the profits, put them into more deals and more deals. And so- And next, you were like, how, how you were going and fixing the house, you were paying people like- you, Paying people, I you can't- You were finding like couches like this and putting in the house for you to no. have less. Like how, uh, yeah. elaborate. Uh, yeah, so I would this. buy a house 
vacant, nothing in it. Um, well, sometimes they'd have stuff, but we get rid of it. We would fix it up, make it look nice, new floors, new kitchens, everything. I didn't do the fixing. I would hire a contractor. They would fix it. All I did was I just look for deals. I just look for good deals. And whenever I saw a good deal, I'd buy it. And so I did, like I said, five, then 20 the next year, then 50 the year after that. But how you scale to that big number? You did all of this stuff by yourself. But by the way, I'm, I'm, this, this is so interesting for me. I love it. This yeah, is, yeah. <laughs> this is so the first two years, um, it was by myself. So you go find contractors uh, yep. to fix it. You go do find the houses, find you the find deals. the good yep. deals. How, where did you find those deals? Like um, Mainly on market. On market, what does that mean? If you were to go just look on Zillow or any of these places, just houses right there that I saw were good deals. Okay. Yep. So it's not like you go in neighborhoods like online, you search in the Yeah, market. online, mainly online. Um, I also got deals by networking. So I would go meet people, realtors who were in the industry. Um, so well, that, that was important for you back in the beginning, the networking? Very important. Because they and brought me deals. how important is networking in this real estate? Uh, Huge, super important. If you don't network, you're you're costing yourself a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you got to meet people. And okay, so uh, so how do you network in this space? Like, uh, tell me how because you seem I, I'm not that good at networking. Like, I prefer I'm like. To work on my videos, just do my thing. And like, yeah, yeah. I'm not that good in those things. But you, you seem that you master this field of networking. You do masterminds. And like, explain me how this networking helped you in the beginning to get yeah. into this stuff. So I would go to real estate events that other people were holding, right? Like oh, meetups. And I would just attend it as an attend attendee. And then I would just try to talk to people. Hey, what do you do? Oh, you flip houses? I flip houses too. How could we work together? Oh, you're a realtor? Here in Vegas. Yeah, here in Vegas. You're a realtor? And you found, Do you get any deals? You found very important for you to be networking here in Vegas because you wanted to build your network here in Vegas. Yes. Okay, interesting. Continue. Yep. Yeah, so I just went to a lot of events. Um, at the time, Facebook, there was no Instagram or TikTok. YouTube wasn't that big. How old are you now? 33. Wow. Yeah, okay. So Facebook was how I... Network too. I would look up all the realtors in Las Vegas. I'd friend request and then send them a DM. Okay. Yeah. So, and that evolved to bigger networking. Now having your brand, it's easier a lot to network. Yeah. And like you have already your food in the door because you're, the people already know you and stuff. So. Yeah. A lot easier today because people now come to me. Okay. Interesting. Move back to the story that you were saying, how you're becoming a... Like you said, you scaled to 20 houses per year yep. and then how did it evolve through that? Yeah, and then I, the next year I did 50 and I hired one person. So my, my one person ended up doing the things I didn't want to do. So he would go manage the contractors and manage the flips and list them. All I did at that point was find more deals and raise money because I needed more money to do more deals. How did you raise money? Just talking to friends and family. So, well, mainly oh, just friends. Family and friends. like, oh, And you were saying, oh, there is these houses that I want to buy. Yeah. This is what I did in the past. This is how it worked. Can you give me like how much money, whatever? And like, yeah. you're going to get extra sum with the flip and all yep. these types of things. Uh, so f 
and you had already reached friends because you were in that. Not really. I mean, that at that time, I didn't have many rich friends. I had one guy who believed in me and he started investing with me. So he gave me like $200,000 on the first deal, right? And then he gave me $500,000 as I gave him his money back and we did good. And then he gave me a million dollars because he kept getting his money back and we were making good, you know, we were doing good. Then he told me about his friends and he said, hey, this person would like to invest with you. This person would. And so he helped me grow. And because you build trust with him. He, yeah. So you found, I find this interesting because sometimes you don't need to go to a million people to network. You need to focus on two, three, four relationships yeah. that they really bring value. And that's what network is. Not just, oh yeah, there's 20 people. I will go and talk with them and maybe we'll do some business. Yeah, because think about it. If you uh, meet me, right? And I'm like, I trust Phidias. How many people do I know that, trust me. And I say, Hey, let's invest with Phidias. I like what he's doing. Like I would have all these people who would invest, like it'd be easier to find one of me versus 10 random people. Okay. So this is, uh, you, this is how you scale to 50 houses Yeah, with help for other friends to, but the same concept, yep. flipping houses, but now you delegate it to yep. one person to do the dirty work. Yes. Okay. And then the next year we did 150. Okay. What is the revenue that we're talking net, net on that 150? So that year we did $2 million. $2 million profit. Yeah. Okay. But total, like, probably is like. I mean, uh, with house flipping, revenue is different because if you look at a tax return, you know, you sell a house for $500,000, right? That's 500000 in revenue. <laughs> if we sold 100 houses at, you know, call it $300,000, that's $30 million of revenue. How taxes work in this space? That's very interesting. I'd be taxed on the $2 million, the So profit. you'll be taxed on the profit. And yeah. here in Las Vegas, how much? Uh, Las Vegas has zero state income tax, but then we still pay federal tax. Which is how much? Twenty? How much? It it scales as you get more money, but the the highest bracket is like thirty seven percent or something. Thirty seven. Okay, that's interesting. Okay, and this is uh, you did fifty, a hundred and fifty, yeah. and how it evolved to a company, how it evolved to this that you have right now, and what you are doing currently in this market now. Yeah. So, you know. Ever since then, that was in 2018 that we first flipped over 100. And ever since then, we've been flipping near 100. And, you know, we have the company now. We have multiple employees. We have, you know, project managers, people who only do construction. We have um, salespeople. Also, oh, you have the people now that doesn't do construction. You don't go and, like, look for them. And well, we still look for people. But, like, I have one person, well, two people that work for me. And their job is to go find all those people that will go fix the house, right? So we have those people. We have salespeople. They're just talking to sellers and realtors and trying to get deals all day. Then I have a COO. This would be my operator. And he oversees everybody to make sure we're doing what we need to do. You know, we've got admin. So how, how many people now are working to your real estate? Uh, in so? that, in the house flipping business by itself, probably 10 to 12. Okay. 
Yeah. And there is a person overseeing everyone. There yep. is people that two people that do the 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 work, uh, construction and stuff to houses to fix them, and like explain what the other people are doing. So at this point, you don't do anything. Not that, really, no. On that company, so it's it runs by itself. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. So you have those the two people, project managers. They're just making sure the houses get fixed up. We have probably six um, salespeople. So they're just talking to sellers, trying to get deals, all that. Um, we've got one admin. Uh, to find people to buy the houses. Yes. Okay. Yep. We have one admin who admin handles pa- means- paperwork. Okay. You know, assistant, basically. Um, we have one marketing manager. He handles all of our marketing. We do TV commercials. We do... Mail, cold call. What What's the most effective uh, for one? us right now? TV, TV. Yeah, I have TV commercials. Oh, really? Yeah. The most effective way TV for us. It's, it's not for everybody, but for us. But you tried a lot of things like ads, like all, yeah, all we've done stuff. everything. Yeah, but the most effective way is TV for us. Yeah, that's interesting. most people know. So you know, we have a marketing person. Um, we also have somebody that sells our deals because we also wholesale like i told you before so if there's a deal where we can just sell it to you really fast to make money we do that too okay so it's not only flipping houses so you have flipping houses you have this uh, wholesale Wholesale. that you said and also you have you buying property and you are renting or tell me about this as well (laughs) so i have two different things with rentals one is my own portfolio and my single family homes, meaning just normal houses, right? So I buy those um, just like I find flips. It's so like, it's not in the companies. You're doing personal. Yep. So the company things. would find a deal and I would say, hey, I like that deal. I want to keep it. So I'll buy it from the company. Okay. Right? So I buy it and I keep it for my own personal rental portfolio. The other way we do it is through my company, Pineda Capital. So Pineda Capital is a fund. It's a syndication. And so we raise money from people on social media and we go buy big apartment buildings. So we've bought 530 um, apartment units in the last year. How does that work? How people, like, that's interesting. How people invest, like with what platform, how do you find those people? Yep. So Man, well, this is pure, pure knowledge. <laughs> so here's yeah. what, this is how it works. We get a deal, okay? So our, our most recent deal, we bought it um, like two weeks ago. It's in Iowa, 81 units, apartment building. Uh, we needed to raise $2.5 million, you know, to cover the down payment for the property. You know, the all-in of the property was like, I don't remember the number off the top of my head, like $7 million, Okay. So we needed to raise two and a half million. So what I do is I go on social media and I say, hey, here's the apartment we're buying. On your personal social yep. media. Here's the apartment we're buying. Here's the numbers of what it looks like. We think it's going to be worth, you know, 10 million, 11 million dollars when we're done. Do you want to invest? Right. And then people go to my website, PinedaCapital.com, and they apply to invest. And if they apply to invest, what do you mean they apply to invest? Because we can only take accredited investors. So an accredited investor is somebody who makes over, somebody who's either a millionaire or 
they've made $200,000 the last two years in a row. So if they've made that or they're a millionaire, they can invest with me. If they don't, they can't invest. Okay. So you only take big cash from there. It's not yeah. like someone can pay $10. No. Or and it's not my rules. It's the government. That's that's the rules. And what they get like a 0.3% of the uh, unit. What? How does that work? Yeah. So the way it works is we go and raise the, the $2.5 million, right? So that's what we did. We raised it from social media. We then use their money. But we, you said it's for the down payment. It's not yes. for the whole, how much it costs the whole thing. Yeah, just the down payment. But how much it costs the whole thing. The whole thing, that particular deal was around, I can't remember the total, but like $7 million, okay. right? So we raise the money, we buy it, and they get a percentage of the entire deal based on how much they put in, right? So a guy who puts in 500000 is different than 50000 Okay, they get a percentage. So all they have a pool of all these people and they share a percentage all together. Yes. Of the thing. And how they, they get paid like in the future is like they can lose all their money. Like how does this like... Yeah, so they get paid um, two ways. One is monthly, right? So every month the property makes money from the rent and everything And you else. handle all this stuff. Yeah, you we handle everything. The, and yep. they just... They were putting the cabida. Okay. Yep, passive. So if we make enough money, every, you know, well, we pay once a quarter. So that quarter we would give them interest plus any kind of profit. Okay. So I want to say the interest on that deal is like seven to eight percent. Okay. So that's the interest plus we split profit together. So, you know, once it's good and we fixed it up and it's rented you know, they might make 10% a month, okay? The other way they get paid is in the future, like you said, if we sell the building or we decide to refinance the building and get their money out. If we sell the building, we then will split profits and they get a big payday. Okay, so for for the most part, all... So now it's not all the business depends on Raya Pineda, uh, Pineda, br- <laughs> Pineda, yeah. Pineda brand. Is you have like, if you stop doing social media and you delete all your pages, like their company will be still running and finding all this. Explain me how um, valuable is your brand through? The, my brand is very valuable because it gets new people into the companies, right? So. If I want to go sell or if I want to go raise money, I know that I have to make videos to raise money. You know, we we have all the investors already in our database. And so we can still talk to them directly and say, hey, do you want to invest in this new deal? But I always want to get more investors, right? So for you to grow, you need to continue. Yes. And it's not like it's a separate company. That, uh... Yeah, I mean, I they're always connected to me some way. You know, we we have another company called Future Flipper where we teach people how to um, invest in real estate, how to fix and flip, wholesale, buy rentals. And so, you know, we make a lot of money in education and many of them buy because they see my content and they say, oh, I want to learn from Ryan. And so they go in. So like, how, how is it to be teaching this topic? Is it easy for people to go and do it? Is it like it requires a lot of work? Like- it's a lot of work, man. I don't tell anyone it's easy. It's it's a lot of work. And how many people now do you teach? And like I've uh, 
I've we've had thousands of students. And how how they get access? Like they pay monthly, they pay one time fee. It's like a mastermind. How it's structured? Yeah, we have multiple different levels. Um, you know, we do payment plans. We do one time pay. It it depends. Like so, this month we have an event. It's uh, September 26th to 28th here in Las Vegas on the Strip. It's going to be great. There's going to be like 600 people there. So And all coming because of Ryan Pineda. Well, me and all the speakers too. There's a lot of... You put it together. Yeah, yeah okay. my event. Interest. So we have a lot of big speakers. And so everybody will come to that event. After that event, they can still continue in coaching if they want, if they really like what they got from the event. And that's cool. And so we have two coaching programs. We have one for beginners called The Rookie. So it's interesting because you created so many streams of income from one business, which is the real estate yep. market. And like you have like probably 20 ways to make money in yeah. this market, which is really interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'm fortunate. Um, but yeah, I mean, most of my businesses started from house flipping, the success, you know. Uh, you saw the office. We have another office upstairs. Like, you know, they all started because I was good at house flipping. We we then raised money to buy apartments. We started teaching people how to flip houses. I have a, a tax company now. Not good at uh, you at real. You are good at house flipping. Yes, I was good so investor. So you found something that you were actually good at. You tried. Yeah, I was a bad realtor. Okay, interesting. Continue what you were saying. Yeah, so, you know, I just looked at what people kept asking me for. And so people would say, who's your accountant? We need CPA work. And so I started an accounting company. So I have a a, a company called TrueBooks that's just all accounting. Then, you know, people asked for all these other things. And so we've continued to just create companies that, you know, the people that work with me already ask for. How is this to find the right people in this industry and how, how your brand is leveraged to find the right people? Like, are you putting like, oh, we're hiring uh, on Instagram, whatever this platform, you found that successful. How is it to find the right people? In this hiring is hiring is the hardest part, you know, getting good people, you know, even in YouTube, getting a good editor, getting yeah, a good- especially in YouTube. Nobody knows YouTube. No, no one knows. <laughs> very few people dedicated five years of their life because it's very new industry. Yeah, people are figuring it out and YouTube changes the algorithm. It's always changing. So yeah, I'll, I'll make a post and say- No, it's not always changing. YouTube is simple. People need to click and people need to watch the whole video. That's, That's it. it. So, yeah, yeah. continue. <laughs> well, it's like real estate. You need to just buy it cheap and sell it high. <laughs> yeah. But it's hard. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, it's not simple to do that in YouTube. Like, it's a whole art to make it. YouTube the the concept is simple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, get them to but, click, watch the whole thing. You'll win. Yeah. But how do you get them to watch? How do you get them to click? Yeah. So, yeah, I think... Um, Getting good employees is the hard part. So what I do is I get on social media. I'll make a job ad. Hey, hiring sales guys. Hey, hiring an editor, right? And then people apply. And then- So I, it's all through social media. For the most part. Sometimes we'll post job ads on like LinkedIn or something or ZipRecruiter. And, and did you find more, who, who is the most, what is the most effective way to hire? Social people? media. Social media. Yeah, because they already follow you. Yeah, I found that, I think it's a cheat code, honestly. It I is found, the cheat code. I found, like, I put a, a community post on YouTube. We're hiring a thumbnail maker. 
this is a competition the best person will be get hired and they do a thumbnail for a video and like the winner was a 16 year old kid from israel wow and it's like it's out of 500 thumbnails he won and yeah. like he's an expert so it is what it is and like it's an amazing cheat code to get the best people in the world to work for you when you have a, and it's like, even Elon Musk is doing it. When he starts a company, he goes live stream on, oh, we're starting Neuralink. This is what we're doing. This is why we're, well, you should. Uh, Elon Musk is the same, right? Tesla could run without Elon Musk. Neuralink could run, but Elon makes it that much better because he is, you know, the personal brand. Yeah, I understand what you're saying, but I was talking more on the, the way that he's hiring. Oh, yeah. the same way that we do. We do the same thing. He just do a live stream. This is the uh, why you should uh, get here. This is, And it's the same thing. Anyway, continue on finding fuel. Yeah, so, I mean, they would apply. And then I have um, HR, you know, our human resource department. They interview all the candidates, resumes, everything. And they do all the hiring. I don't do it. Okay. Yeah. And if they are bad, like you, you hired, you fired them. <laughs> you want to know a good saying? Have you ever heard this? Slow to hire, quick to fire. Yes. That's what you have to do. I need to become better because I had not a lot of experiences, but when you hire, when you keep a person too long, it's like you're investing so much of your time there. Time, like, money, you're paying It's like them. when you, it's like when you know it, but you don't want to immediately. Get rid of them. Yep. <laughs> so do you think this market uh, of uh, real estate can make you a billionaire in the future? Man, I mean, there are many billionaire real estate investors. Um, if I had to guess, would real estate make me a billionaire? No, I would guess it would be a different company. It would be tech. I don't think that it would be from real estate, but who knows? Interesting. So there, there is, there is like for example, Grand Carton and all these people that they are doing it. Yeah. Like, uh, how, how did they scale? Grand Carton is, let's say, one of the biggest people in this. Yep, he's market. a billionaire. So how how did he scale with real estate to become a billionaire? Yeah, so the same way that you did it. Yeah, so I was with Grant Cardone three weeks ago at his office, and he was showing me everything he was doing and why he was doing that. Why was he showing me? Yeah, um, he invited me and some other people to the office because uh, he wanted to, you know, build relationship networking. That's what he was doing. He was he's trying to build relationships with other. Um, other people that they are and, doing big things yeah, because he wants to partner up and do things. Interesting. Even him, a guy who's already a billionaire, still wants to network and partner. Interesting. So, no, he he was great. I, I really enjoyed getting to know him and hang out. But um, the reason he's a billionaire is not necessarily from real estate. He has, you know, he's managing billions of dollars of real estate, but majority of it's not his. It's his investors. His investors own the majority of it. The reason Cardone is a billionaire is because of his other businesses. You know, everything he does with his 10X company, the events, the education. So the, it's not the real estate itself. It's the business that they're building. The businesses are more valuable for him than the real estate he owns. So how does, like, for example, I'm familiar with Ray Dalio, that he yep. has a fund and people can invest the hedge fund. Yeah. Like, 
he has a company Bridgewater Bridgewater that has investors and like is the same way in a way that he does yeah I mean so Ray Dalio and a lot of these guys they they raise money in their fund and then for him he buys businesses stocks those things Grant raises his fund he buys real estate other people raise a fund an investor invest okay I want to have whatever five percent of my portfolio in real estate. I will give it to Grand Carton. Yep. Okay. Yep. Or they can and how say Grand Grand Carton is making money on that uh, like fund. The same way I make money. So you get an acquisition fee when you buy a property. So that goes to my company for buy- finding the deal and going through the process and everything. We get a fee. We also get a yearly management fee for managing the property. Explain me again because I'm stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so we get an acquisition fee. That was a little quart laugh for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if we buy it, we get an acquisition fee. It's, like, it's, it's similar to like a realtor commission, right? For finding the deal and putting it together. And then every year you get a management fee for managing the deal, taking it through all that stuff. And then when you sell, you get, you know, what's called a disposition fee for selling it, plus any profits that you guys made together. Okay, so it's not, if you are managing 10 billion on real estate, you are not going to make whatever, 1 billion. It's no. like you are going to make probably well, 100 most, billion. Most, well, no, not even. I mean, not like uh, a management fee on a lot of companies is 1%. Interesting. So if you manage a billion dollars, You'll make so, ten million. That's inter- that's why his other companies are more valuable. Yeah, because this. he and makes that's way why more. You you started building so many companies around that because those companies at the end of the day can become a lot more valuable yes. than the company itself. So t- t- tell me a bit about the education business because I hear whatever I hear. Uh, what is his name? Uh, Tony Robbins that he talks about. Uh, this is going to be a multi-billion dollar like uh, the industry, the education, and like yeah. the education is like fuck universities and all this stuff, and like yeah. this is the new way of education. Influencers teaching what they are yes. uh, good at, and like welcome me the future of education in the real estate market. Yeah. yeah, I think education is going to be big. You know, because think about it. Nobody wants to go to college anymore. They would rather be a YouTuber. They would rather be a real estate investor because they know they could do it right now. They don't need to go to college. And a real estate investor and a YouTuber makes way more money than the $70,000 a year job you get from college. That's crazy. And college is also going to take you four years. You're going to go into debt, you know, and you're not even guaranteed a job when you're done. So I think college will continue to get lower and lower and lower. And all of these young people like you will come to whoever they want to learn from. You know, you went to go learn from Iraq and Mr. Beast because they're the best. And so you learn from them and do that. I learned from really good real estate investors from Grant Cardone. who's I'm like, hey, Grant, how do you do it? Right? I will pay you. Just tell me how to do it. So, you, you know, I think that's going to be how people learn. And it's better. And, and you find, uh, so you are trying to, that it's one way that this is the way to learn, but also there is a lot. Of, I don't think the format is there yet. There is a lot of companies like Masterclass and all these mm-hmm. uh, companies that they do this. For example, you can watch 10 videos yeah. in a row. And like, I'm not sure if the format 
of the I don't, university online is there yet. Like, I don't like masterclass and that stuff because you don't have coaching, right? Like courses are fine. Like I have courses, okay? Just like masterclass. But interesting. most people who watch a course, what do they do? Nothing, usually. Okay. Like, because most people, they, they, they might buy the course. Like I know, I've sold courses and lots of people never watch it. Because I can see. And I'm like, how do you spend all this money on a course you don't even watch it? Yeah, crazy. It's crazy. But when you have coaching with a course and with training and, you know, you buy in and you're saying, hey, for a year, we're going to coach you and help you and get you motivated and help you through problems that you're going to have. And give you the right yeah, that's, environment. And the, that's what right you need. I, I don't think that, yeah, and network, you know. That's probably what the biggest thing that you get out of this yes. uh, thing. Like. As I understood, the community, for example, my friend Eric has a creator now which teaches about YouTubers how to become a YouTuber. And I found that there is not the lessons that he teach, it's the community yes. that they share. Like, in, in my country, there is nobody that knows YouTube like in this level. Like, it's one million population. It's, uh, and it's like, I, I didn't have the people to do that. So I have to do that or online or go and find them. So you find another 300 people around the world that they're crazy like uh, yeah. you. And like you share, what about this thumbnail? Is it good? Roast yeah. my video. And like, that's a lot more valuable than anything that you can tell them. More valuable in college, you know? And that's why I'm saying... That's the future. And I agree. Like my community at Future Flipper is great. You know, we have, I want to say 800 active students, you know, we've had thousands, but active and, you know, our event's going to have 600 people there. When do you get to go hang out with 600 people that are just yeah. like you motivated? Yeah. It's, it's, and, that's and the I best think part. That's beautiful. When you bring all those people together, it's like probably the, is something I, I'm, I'm looking a lot about impact and I want to ask all the biggest people in the world. When I meet Elon Musk, I will ask him like how I can maximize the impact to do the good in the world. And I think this thing, like bringing people together for an event is one of the highest quality things that you can have for impact. Because when I go to VidSummit or other videos about YouTube, uh, Nas Daily did one thing and he invited me to be a speaker in, in Dubai and it's like you meet your people, the other YouTubers, like it feels so good. Like you learn from them, relationships and all that stuff. I think that's very high quality giving. I agree. To those people. Yes, I agree. So you you started, you, you are, I want you to talk to me about the future of real estate with NFTs. <laughs> that you are, <laughs> you did something recently that yeah. Tykes. Tykes. Yes. And like explain me like what do you think is the future of real estate with NFTs and maybe without NFTs, with crypto and all this stuff. How do you see the future real estate evolving in these things? Yeah. You know, you asked me how I would see myself becoming a billionaire. And it's I think it's through something like this with technology. You know, I don't think it has to be Tykes itself. Tykes is another community. It's for people that believe that real estate and crypto are going to go together in the future because there's no other community that has that, right? So I built it. And, you know, with Tykes, there's, it's, it's essentially education. We, we have trainings teaching the real estate people about crypto. We have education teaching the crypto people about real estate so that we can combine our ideas to create the businesses of the future. 
So that's the main premise of tykes. I didn't fully understand what exactly tykes, like how much is it to buy one? Like how much is it like, what's the value that they get? I want. Yeah, okay. So with tykes, okay. Well, actually, let me step back and say real estate and crypto, right? Why I started this. So yes. real estate and crypto, I think, are going to go hand in hand. I think the blockchain is going to change real estate. Interesting. Just with how we sell properties, I think people will sell properties on the blockchain in the future. Why is that? Because it's so much easier, it's cheaper, it's more efficient, it's just better. It happens already or no? It happens in a weird way. In what way? So, you know, right now, if you tried to sell me your house, okay, we would go into contract, a title company would handle all of the documents and all this stuff, and then, you know, 30 days from now, we would probably close. And the title company would take all the money. They would charge a lot of fees. Shit. So it removes all that. It removes all that because I could just transfer to you directly today. And whatever blockchain, Bitcoin, Ethereum. What, I don't know what it's going to end up being on, but it's going to happen. Okay. And, you know, like in real estate, you can't sell a house on the weekend. You can't sell it after the bank oh, closes. Oh, interesting. All those things change with the, the blockchain. So it removes a lot of friction. Yeah. That's why it's it's going to it's going to be huge no matter what. And how many years in the future you see this adopting? Like because there is going to be a lot of regulation about this thing. Yeah, yeah. There's going to be a lot. If of I had to be, if I had to guess, I think anywhere from five to ten years. I think that's when it will be like normal. I think in the next couple of years you're going to start to see companies and all these things pop up that are going to do it, and like some people will do it. But like full on, maybe 10 years, like it'll be fully how we do it. Interesting. So can you, because I am familiar with it, but a lot of people that they're watching properly are not familiar with what NFTs are and what also uh, blockchain. And so just give an explanation of why, because you're saying, oh, this will remove friction and all this thing, but like people don't understand the exact reason why this is huge. So if you can take like 30 seconds, 40 seconds to explain to people. Yeah, so I guess with the blockchain, starting with that, it's just basically like a public ledger, is what they call it, of transactions, right? So right now, if I was to send you money, it would be private. Our banks would communicate. You know, My bank would tell your bank, hey, Ryan sent Phidias $100. And so they would take a hundred out of my bank on the ledger and add a hundred to your bank on that ledger. That's how so it works. No money is being transferred, nothing. It's just numbers. Numbers tick. changing. Yep. <laughs> Interesting. And then, yeah, they don't give them cash. It's just numbers changing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the blockchain eliminates the banks. Because with the blockchain, I can send Phidias a hundred dollars now without any banks, without anyone approving it. Him and I are the ones that do it. And that's why it's so important because there's no restrictions. Nobody can, you know, because you don't control your money. If your money's in the bank, the bank can shut your account tomorrow and they're holding your money. But with the blockchain, you are in complete control. Nobody can take it from you. You have it. You get to decide when you want to send it. You don't have to wait for bank hours to open or close. You know, bank's not open on Sunday. You, you, you know, so the blockchain's going to be so much more efficient and quick. Um, and it's cheaper. I can send Phidias, you know, $100,000 for 50 cents. Me, if I send Phidias a wire for $100,000, it's 30 bucks. 
and it takes a long time. So blockchain is definitely the future of, of how we transact money. Also, an important thing is decentralization, that there is nobody controlling it. It's like... That's the big thing. Yeah. Yep. So about Speed, efficiency, it's cheaper, decentralized. It's great. NFTs now? So NFTs are kind of like the first big application of using blockchain. And so, you know, when most people look at an NFT, they think it's just a picture and you're buying art or something. And you paid for your NFTs $240,000 for your art. That's I did. I paid a lot of money for the art. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. But um, what an NFT really is, is like a receipt. It is a receipt of all these things that you're going to get when purchasing. And so... That can be any NFT, right? Like I could give you an NFT for, you know, a ticket for my upcoming event, right? You have that ticket now. You can go use it whenever you want. I could give you an NFT that says, hey, you have a ticket to my event for the next five years, you know? And the beauty is because you have ownership of that ticket and everything else, you could go sell it to somebody else. You could transfer it immediately. You have ownership. So you are going to evolve probably in the future to be doing similar stuff that Gary Vee is doing in the social media space, but on the real estate market with events and all this stuff. What tell me what I mean, we already do it. We're and we're gonna I mean we have an event in two weeks. We're gonna do one for tykes it, too. Oh it's oh so it's the event is not for tykes yet that you have in two weeks, but yeah, it's going to be for uh, for Tykes is gonna have an event here in a couple of months. Interesting. So, uh, what type uh, the people that they own the NFT they get pro uh, probably the networking they get the whatever the mentorship they get the the knowledge to yep. do it, they get the yep. So you know they're getting all that obviously, but we have different levels of tykes too. So if you have one tyke, you know you're you're at the low level. If you have five, you know you're at the second level. If you have twenty. You're at the top level. That's interesting. That's why it sold $2.5 million. If it was only one, it yeah. was going to be a lot lower people that bought it. Yeah. But well, people, other people would buy it because they think it's going to go up. I know, but if, if it didn't have that spin yeah. on it of the... The well, tiers. Yep. Yeah, someone can... So that's kind of a cheat code. Yeah. So think about the top tier, the boardroom. If you have 20, you know, those people are going to get... How much is it to buy one? Well, when we pre-sold, it was $500 per tyke. Today, they sell at $4,000. Interesting. So they've gone up a lot. <laughs> That's, cool. That's the market. And that was recently that happened. In like, two weeks. Yeah, interesting. Yep. So, you know, tykes has been successful. It, but It feels good. I, I launched an NFT as well you know, with my YouTube course and it didn't went very well because I don't have a strong audience to bug in. Like, I, it was just... Uh, I sell a course and you buy it with NFT. And it was interesting. Like now you are describing, probably feels good that you gave a big ROI to the people that mm -hmm. believed in you. Well, and the thing is, they're they're not even selling. They're holding because they believe in everything they're going to get with tykes in the future. They don't care about flipping them and making money. So, you know, like the boardroom, right? They have 20. I mean, they have, their tykes are worth like $100,000 for all of them. But they're going to get access to me and we're going to talk about where we want to take tykes together as a boardroom because these are high-level people. They own a lot of tykes, right? And we're also creating something so called... So they, they pay $20,000 to get uh, to be on the boardroom. Well, it depends when they bought their tyke. A lot of the people had to buy when it was already three, four thousand oh, okay. $4,000. Like, they've paid a lot. So with um, the boardroom... How many you released? How many tykes? 
5,000. 5,000. Yeah. So with the boardroom, we have something called Tyke Tank. It's like Shark Tank. Okay. So the Tykes community can tell us, hey, here's uh, an idea we have. Here's a, a real estate deal. Here's a business we want to start. And the Tykes community will then, you know, look at it, see if it's, a, you know, something that's good. If it's good, they'll send it to the boardroom. And we as the boardroom will look at it and say, hey, do we want to invest in this guy's business and help grow it because of, you know, whatever. And then we own now a piece of business as the boardroom. So you you see, your, you see yourself doing a lot more stuff in this space of yes. NFTs in the future. Yes. And, and I'm going to get these businesses from Tykes, from the people in Tykes. We're going to start businesses together. Interesting. That, so that's one thing. The other thing is we're creating a marketplace for Tykes. And so... I don't want to make it too confusing, but basically... You understood that I'm stupid. That's good. Yeah, the marketplace is good. <laughs> no, uh, I said you understood that I'm stupid. <laughs> That's good. I want I gotta, simple stuff. I got to explain it very simply. So your tyke, okay, if you stake it, do you know what staking is? Mm -mm. Okay, so staking would be like a bond. If you know what a bond mm -hmm. is in, in America yeah. where... Hey, you put money, you, you lock it up, you give it to somebody else, and then they pay you interest, right? Mm-hmm. So if you stake your tyke, you know, you lock it up, you're not going to sell it, you're not going to do anything, you'll get tie coin. It's our cryptocurrency. So they get this coin for locking their tyke up. Okay. okay. So it went a lot of thought into before. Oh, a lot yeah. of thought. There was so, I mean, it was a year of work to prepare for this. Okay. So they're going to get a cryptocurrency and they can use it on the marketplace that we've created. And so the marketplace is going to have products and services from Tykes. You know, it's going to have products and services from me and my different companies. And then our Tykes community can post their own products and services. So if you had a Tyke, you said you have a YouTube course. You could put your YouTube course on the marketplace and now all these people are seeing it and they're saying, oh, I want to be a YouTuber. And they would buy your course, your course with Tycoin and you would get paid in Tycoin. You don't have to do anything. It's just you get to list on our marketplace. Okay, that's just the beginning thing that will help. The, the, the coin is just the, the starting. Like that's only one small thing that will help it go. So I, I assume that you're going to make a lot of things around the coin. And like at one point, probably all the people that will send you money or the real estate stuff will be happening with that coin. There's a that. lot that we can do with the coin. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. Yep. So it's it's the coin is very important. So you seem master of building companies around real estate and your brand. And I, I asked you before this question and like what do you think on the on me not converting? And like I want to build businesses. I, I also want to find the right stuff to start. I also want like how I convert better with the audience, like with my videos that I do, like, is it just because I'm in the entertainment and like hard, it's like, can you give, what was your experience? Because I assume you didn't convert to real estate and know everything from day one. It no. took you like, and what is that relationship building? Is like, what is that? Tell yeah. me about these things. Okay. So I think there's two things. Um, one is obviously your style of content is entertainment, like you said. So with entertainment, people don't necessarily want to invest with you or give you a lot of money because they just want to watch you for entertainment. Whereas when it's educational, people 
are like, oh, this guy knows what he's talking about. Like I would give him money, right? Um, so I think your style of content, you would have to prove that if somebody's going to spend money with you, it's something that they're going to actually get value of and that's relatable to them. Because your, your audience, I don't know how many of them want to be YouTubers, right? They might just like watch. I like watching you because you're funny and you're entertaining, but maybe 99% just wants to do that. They don't want to learn how to do what you do, right? So what most entertainers do is they start Patreons and private groups that give them more funny, entertaining stuff. That's like one way they do it. For me, people watch me to learn. They want to learn. They want to invest in real estate. They want to start businesses. And so if I have a product that teaches them exactly how to do that, they're going to buy. So my audience is way higher converting because I'm giving them exactly what they came for. So it's different. Whereas if, if I go to you and I just come for entertainment, I don't really want to buy anything. I just want to watch you be funny. So you have to think from their perspective, what could I sell them that they actually would want to buy and why they came to my channel in the first place? So that would be number one. Um, number two... Interest. <laughs> number two would be, you know, figuring out what path you really want to go on. You know, do you want to do entertainment forever, right? You can do it, right? Look at uh, the Paul brothers, right? Logan Paul and Jake Paul. They're entertainers. Nobody's watching them to learn from them. You know, and they make a lot of money doing entertainment. Mm-hmm. Mr. Beast is an entertainer. He's not, you know, people aren't buying Mr. Beast education and stuff. So like, I think you can still make a ton of money as an entertainer, but you have to know what they want. Interesting. Yeah, I think that's important. Also, self-awareness on what spaces you want to tap into, what stuff you like. People, and by the way, people don't like me doing entertainment. I've done like whatever, and they're like, dude, no, I don't, I'm not watching you do that. Like, I want to hear what you have to say. Interesting. Uh, my friend, you can improve a lot your YouTube videos. I was telling you. I, I know. Uh, it's like you, you on, on the short form, you're killing it. But on, on YouTube, you can't. It's like you have the social, you have the camera present, you have everything, but it's just small tweaks of the, uh, on your thumbnails are okay. The concepts are okay. Just need a lot more structure for retention for people to stay watch yeah. the whole thing. And if that uh, is like you can be pulling the same views like Graham Stefan, two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand every video, and it's like all right. After this, I want to hear. We're gonna have a consultation with yeah, my team. I told you. I told you before that we're going to do yeah. this. So I, I I want to ask about the networking. And because I, I told you, I'm not very good at networking. Like, how? What is some stuff that also in there that you found? You said you started going in the events and stuff, but now it's not like is you building the events and people. Like, how do you network at this high level when you have already a brand? Like, yeah. is it the podcast the way that you network? Is it like what is the ways that you network at this level? No. Yeah, I think that's great. Um, one is definitely the podcast because I get a lot of great guests that come on my show. And so I get to build relationships and network with them on my show. So that's great. Two is um, like I still go to events. Like I said, I went to Grant Cardone's office and met a lot of great people. So I try to go to high level events you know, with other high level people too, that are very exclusive. You know, I got to pay a lot of money probably to go to the event, but I know it's worth it. Um, the third way, like masterminds or yep, something yep, like masterminds. that you pay to be in, like yes. how, how that, that works. Like I'm in a lot of masterminds that I pay 
thirty, fifty thousand dollars a year to be a part of. Okay, and it's like you go guys meet in a room and talk, like or you go golf, what? Both, you... anything. It can be um, just in you know like a room and for a whole day, and we all just talk. It could be well. Okay, so here's the deal with all these events I go to. There's always like the main day where there's like it's business, it's teaching, it's all these things, and then there's always after the event. The after parties, the the dinners, the the bar, the golf, and that's where you really get to build relationships too. Yeah. So okay, you said your podcast going events. to events. Um, third one for me is just being known. Like I get a lot of people who reach out to me, right? Like like me. Yeah, you reach out, and I say, great. Like let's build a relationship and see how we can help each other. Can I help you build your business? You know, you know a lot of people. Can you introduce me to Mr. Beast? Can you introduce me to Arak? You know, like, I don't know those people yet. But if I know you and you know them, then I'll get a chance to meet them if I give you value. That's that's what I do. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So it's, you understand the, the dynamic of giving value without... Because I think, like, a lot... I, I ask you to do two, three things for me so far. I ask you to participate in one of my videos. I ask you, and you always, always do it without you asking anything. It's just, I think this is kind of the the secret of you just, yeah, I'm going to try to help as much as yeah. I can. And it's like, they're for sure. If they, even if they don't give me anything in the future. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I'm not expecting anything. But, you know, if one day I, I realize I'm like, crap, dude, I need to interview Iraq. The first person I'm gonna hit up is you. I'm gonna say, "Hey, can you yeah. set me up with Eric?" And I really want to get him on the show. And you would probably do it because of you know I've helped you. Yeah, yeah, I understand. So I, I want to ask, uh, go back a bit to the real estate thing and ask you about like when a financial crisis happened, like a market crash or all these things. How the, does this space look like? Like houses are losing their value immediately like you your really? net worth is going like this like how, how it works and like real estate is slow it's not like stocks and crypto right you know for this year stocks and crypto just been getting crushed but real estate's been like this this year real estate's been going up so it's it's not a market uh, crash happens in stock no market crash happens in real estate it's like they're different they're different and stocks and crypto happen fast. Like, you know, crypto falls overnight, right? Real estate, people can't sell their house that fast. It takes time to sell a house and that's why it's slow. So right now what we've seen this year is it was going up really fast and then now it's slow and we might start to see it going down, but it's not going to ever go. And how is going down? What down means? down could be very small it could be one percent you know it could like be like the value of the houses yeah. go down yes percent it's not like the rent is going down it's not like rents are still very high so yeah. when a housing market crash happens rents are not going down i mean it just depends right because the last housing market crash was in 2008 you know and that was the worst crash ever in history but if you look at the other crashes in the last 30 years, they weren't bad. You know, they was pretty steady. It wasn't anything crazy. So the, the reason that this happens is slow is because it's like because people cannot sell their houses fast enough. But what is like is just pricing 
or for pricing to show people have to sell their houses. Why is this is slow to show? I don't understand. I don't get this. My because brain. with stocks and crypto, you could sell right now, right? And the price drops. So if we all sell, so, so the price is determined by supply and demand. Yes. So because supply and demand can slow, you're going to see slow the results. Yeah, because if you want to sell your house today, you can't sell it today. You would list it. You know, you got to spend a week getting a realtor. <laughs> you you get pictures. You list it. You fix it up a little bit. Then it goes on the market. You're waiting for an offer. You finally get an offer. It takes 30 days for them to get a loan. It takes, you know, it might take you four months before you finally sell your home. That's a long time to start tanking. You can't tank the market right away. It just can't. Okay, so a market crash is not really... Uh, uh, so when there is a market crash, I cannot buy houses as easy as possible or I can buy more houses. So here's the problem is for the last bunch of years... People have said, oh, the market is too hot. I don't want to buy. It's it's too competitive. It's going to crash, right? So for the last two years, price has just been going up and up and up. And all those people missed, right? They got... they. That's why right. they say never try to time the market. You can't time it, right? Warren Buffett, the same. But here's the deal, right? As Now that it's slow and you can get a good deal because it's slow, people are scared because they say, oh, it's going to crash and go lower. This is what... I guess poor people always think because they're only thinking about buying one house. And so they're like trying to time it when in reality, you can't time it if you, you have no experience. Like you, you have, and even if you have experience in the people, that we don't know. Yeah. But what I do know is as an investor, okay, if, if the market is slow right now, I need to get a better deal. I can't just get like, a oh, so you, when the market is slow, you're trying to find more unique deals because there is, there's more risk. To search. There's more risk and it could go down. So I need to get a deeper discount. But if the market's hot and it's going up, I don't need as good of a deal because I know things are moving up. That's interesting. How is the, do you, do you know about the real estate, let's say in China and different countries or you I'm not try? worried about them. Did you try to do real estate in different oh. countries? It's like no. Um, I've looked at real estate because you can countries. get a lot cheaper deals. Let's say if in my country you can get whatever forty thousand dollars apartment, like a very good apartment. You, you like, could buy a, a super nice beach house in Mexico or Dominican Republic, and yeah, you yeah. know, and it's really nice. So yeah, I think those are great. Yeah. So you think about this, you think about tapping into these markets to do business. You think what you think? I about wouldn't the, personally do you know about this. Yeah, uh, I know about it. I, I wouldn't do it as like uh, trying to make money. I would do it because I want a vacation house. You know, I go buy a million dollar home in Mexico. That's super, super nice. That's for me to go just kind of live in for maybe, you know, a couple of months out of the year. Okay, interesting. Now, uh, with a closing question, what advice do you have uh, for me and for young people at my age? We're 22, we're searching for answers. Like, yeah. you've been very successful in what you do. Like, what advice do you have for young people like me? Out there? So, for you specifically, you've been very, very successful with YouTube. Okay. And you know, you're learning the business side now of how to utilize, how to monetize your views. You know, the biggest problem I have with most YouTubers, and this is every YouTuber, it, it includes Graham Stephan, who you just interviewed, all of them, 
is that they don't know how to monetize their eyeballs. They they make money off sponsors and AdSense. And I'm like, you need to own your own business. That will make you way more money than anything else. You know, I make like, my, my AdSense is like $10,000. It's not anything crazy. You know, my businesses make me way more than that. So you need to figure out how can I get a good business that my audience would want to buy from. It's what they would be looking for with watching me. And you, the, the beauty is you don't have to be the one to do it. You just need someone like me who's good at business to help you create it and then partner up. Have somebody, you know, whatever. Like, what do you think Mr. Beast does? He has his, his company with him. Mr. Beast is not the business guy. Mr. Beast is the entertainer. He's the YouTuber. Just focus on making videos. Yep, and he has his business team making Beast Burgers and everything else. So you need that. You need somebody who's really skilled at business who can help you start a business for your eyeballs. That's number one for you. Now, for your audience, okay, they don't get, you know, millions of views on videos. So I would tell them, um, basically what we were talking about earlier with, with college and Be, other- Before you say the okay. answer, because I, I will, because I don't want them to leave, guys don't leave. So I want to ask you very quickly before you answer towards the advice for young people, uh, tell me a bit about being stressed in life because you have a lot of problems that we were talking before, like you yeah. were like having, it's like, how do you handle it? How do you, how is handling also a, a relationship with your wife like yep. this? And like a lot of things you're doing, you have a lot of business, how you handle the stress and on this moment to also maintain a good relationship with your wife and all yeah. this balance. And you have kids as well. So Yep, three-year-old, two-year-old, been married nine years. Um, this is why actually I created The Wealthy Way. Um, which is here on the cup and it's the name of my podcast and um which is the studio here and thank you for letting thank you <laughs> um and I'm writing a book for it and everything because I am passionate about entrepreneurs and business people having a fully wealthy life not just making money right you need to be able to have good health good family friend relationships faith you need to have everything you know in line and um that's my message like I take all aspects of my life very seriously. It's not all about just making money. And I think that that's what helps me get through the problems is that, okay, if something bad happens in business, I'm still healthy. I'm still walking around. I get to go have fun. I have a family. You know, my faith with in, in God is good. If, if, I, if only I was only caring about business, then it would be bad. And that's what a lot of people do is like, oh, this is all I have going on. If business sucks, then my life sucks. And YouTubers are no different. You would know, like these, if you spend all this time on a video and it tanks, you know, you're like, my life sucks. And it's like, no, that's not true. Your life is totally fine. And so that's what keeps me level-headed. So you're describing that you pay attention to all the parts, not like on one part that you're trying yeah. to... You put your effort, you put effort in your relationship, you put effort in your faith and, yep. and you put effort in all this part and you're trying to lift everything up. Yes. Like you do the six businesses, you is like relationship with my children, relationship yes. with my wife, mental health, exercise. Uh, yep, 100%. Okay, and I, we can continue with the question of uh, advice to the young people out there, but touch a bit on the what role played God in your life because I met you and you're going to church and you're yeah. doing all these things. Also, my father is a priest. 
Okay. Uh, and I'm familiar with also the church and I grew up with being in church and stuff. And I'm curious to hear what's your thoughts on yeah. this and how it affected you. Yeah, so I'm Christian. Um, and for me, man, I know that God has taken me through a lot of different things in my life. You know, I thought that I was going to be um, a major league baseball player. Like that was the career I thought I was going to have. And eventually, you know, God showed me all these things I never wanted and they ended up being so much more than I ever thought. You know, I, I told you, I didn't want to be a realtor, right? I hated real estate. And all of a sudden now I teach people how to do real estate. I never liked YouTube or TikTok. I didn't want to be a video guy. I, that's not my personality. I liked running businesses, but all of a sudden, you know, it takes off, you know, God pushes me to do it and it's successful. And, you know, NFTs, I don't, I'm not a crypto guy. What do you mean God pushes you to do it? Uh, essentially, with everything that I've really done in my life successfully, um, I didn't want to do it. Like, it was just like an opportunity that I knew God was calling me to do. Either somebody inspired me to do it or I felt, you know, the Holy Spirit pushing me to go do it. And I was like, you know what? I don't know where this is going to go, how it's going to play out, but I'm just going to be obedient and do it. And then sure enough, it ends up being far bigger than I could have ever imagined. So you think there is, like, how do you imagine? How do you feel? You think there's God above watching? There is this energy? Well, how how do you, do you, does it work? It's like exactly what the Bible is saying. Like, yeah, I mean, what? I believe everything that the Bible says to a T. And that's the only thing I go on. You know, I don't worry about what YouTube pastors say or other religions. I just fully believe what the Bible says and that... You know, Jesus came on this earth 2,000 years ago. He died for our sins and that, you know, there is heaven and hell. And that at the end of the day, what we do on this earth does not compare to what's after this. You know, you think about like how much time we spend on the earth compared to eternity. It's like that. And so what should we really be working for? Is it, you know, making money today and like having a big YouTube channel and all this like It's important to use the resources that okay, God's so given you. Find you. That, you find this interesting because you put perspective in your life to yes. understand that this stuff that you have is temporary. and is Yeah, this phone call I just get that's a problem. It, it's so small in eternity. So why am I going to stress about it and, and worry about it? You were always like that with the religion? Like you grew up like this or you, you had your phases of... Um, You know, I, I grew up in the church like you did. I grew up in Christian church. You know, I got baptized when I was 18. Um, I've always been, you know, trying to follow God and and be a better Christian. And, you your, know, your parents uh, yep. teach you. Yep, stuff. my parents, my grandparents. Um, you know, my wife were, were very, you know, devoted to, you know, our faith. And uh, I think over time, my faith continues to grow as... I just become more obedient to what God wants me to do, you know, and that that's part of it too with why I think, I guess my channel and things have been successful is because not many people are talking about this, right? Like in business, a lot of people think talking about your faith will hurt your business. People will not want to watch you. People will, you know, you shouldn't get political and, and religious. And it's like, no, you know, I'm going to show people who I am and if they like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. But You know, I know that I can change lives by telling them what I believe. 
And you found it very important that your wife uh, shares the same belief style like you and she's in the same way that, yeah. that you believe. Because if, if she was, let's say, whatever, Muslim or something different, you yeah. think it was going to be conflict there, especially with your devotion to... Yeah, the, yeah. when you see that, that is, you know, if you're both very devoted to what you believe, I just don't see how that coexists personally. It, it, you see it coexist when people are very... I don't want to say weak in their faith, but they don't take it serious, right? Oh, he's, like you said, Muslim, but he don't really care. She's Christian. She don't really care, whatever, right? But if you're both very devoted to your faith and you believe it, you could not really live with a person and not, like, if you love them, like, share the truth with them and really try to get them to, to understand. So it'd be very difficult. Interesting. And now to the advice <laughs> of the young people out there that they are watching. I love you, boy, everyone that is watching. That was some inspiring words that you said in the last words. I love you guys. I love everybody in this world. It's very interesting yeah. world that we're living. But yeah, go ahead. We're going to close immediately. By the way, subscribe, guys, to our YouTube uh, podcast channel. Subscribe to Ryan Pineda after we finish. And now we're going to end it with your answer to what's the advice for the people. There is a lot of pressure on you now. I know. And then I already know how you YouTubers do it. You just end the video right there. Keep that watch time up. <laughs> so I would say advice-wise, you know, I gave you your advice specifically. But for those who are young, trying to figure it out, I, I really believe, you know, you don't need to listen to kind of what your parents or other people are trying to force you to do. You know, they're saying, go to college, do this, do that. Like, find what you're passionate about, okay? Pursue doing that first and foremost, right? Like, I was passionate about baseball. I pursued it. I wasn't making a lot of money as a minor leaguer, but I would never trade that for the world. You were passionate about making videos. You did it. It worked out. Fantastic that it, I'm glad it worked out for you. My passion didn't work out for me, but it was still good. And it made me who I am today. You don't ever want to go through life saying, man, I wish I would have tried that when I was younger because you can always get into business or a career later on. So I would say if you're young, pursue your passion. And if you want to be excellent at it, go get into a coaching program or a mentorship or somebody who's doing it the way you want to do it. You know, you want to learn real estate, join my mentorship. You want to learn YouTube, join Phidias's, uh program. Join Eric's program, but don't try to figure it out on your own because you don't want to spend money or anything. Like you need to get around the community that we've been talking about. You need to get the blueprint from the experts. That's why I want to pick Phidias's brain after this and say, man, uh, how can I improve my YouTube channel? I'm always learning. I always want to get around experts who have done it better than I have. And so um, that's, that's the key. I love you. Thank you for doing this. Love you too, man. <laughs>